Tonight, we're going to a dangerous area of an Amazon account so we can understand the relationship between humans and PPC campaigns. Crikey! Take a look at this. We're face to face with a hard-hitting predator. And oh boy, this keyword means business. Its toxic venom can lead to hundreds of clicks without conversion. One bite, and it could leave you paralyzed with high ACAS for weeks. Now, these predators won't be mocking with us. We've got the biggest predator on our side, the Ad Badger. Oi, easy boy. And we're here to help you tame these beasts in the jungles of Amazon PPC. What's going on, Badger Nation? It's Mike and Steven, and you're listening to the PPC Den Podcast, the world's first Amazon advertising podcast, and your source for all the tips, tricks, and optimization strategies you need to grow your Amazon ads. And you can join thousands of listeners and get bonus content at adbadger.com slash podcasts. What's going on, everybody out there in Badger Nation? I hope you are having a wonderful late summer Stephen, what are some of your favorite late summer things to do over there in beautiful, sunny California? You know, we don't have a lot to do. Uh, We're pretty much confined to going to the beach, going on hikes, (laughs) going surfing. Definitely limited in what we can do during the summer. That sounds tough. Sounds very tough. Uh, Coincidentally, we are actually limited by things to do in the summer in Texas, because it's like a hundred million degrees outside and it makes life very difficult to, you can't walk your dog outside. You can't basically you stay inside and look, look outside at how sunny Enjoy it is. Enjoy the air conditioning. Say, stay in AC. Yeah. Walk your dogs at yes. 5 a.m. and 10 p.m. That is correct. That is absolutely right. You know, one thing I do actually enjoy, you know, we had a lawn service mowing the lawn and I canceled them because one of my actual favorite things to do, this might be completely weird. I might be outing myself as a total, uh, actually, no, I think this is a common thing that a lot of people do. I enjoy mowing the lawn, doing outside work because you pop in some headphones, you listen to an audiobook, listen to your favorite podcasts. I think it's a great time. Your new uh, Google AirPods. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> and today's question is actually centered around lawnmowers. We get this question all the time, specific to individuals' products. We don't only specifically work with people that sell lawnmowers, but we get this question all the time. This question is, if I sell 15 lawnmowers, where should I put the keyword lawnmower? It doesn't matter what you're selling. A lot of people sell some thing, some family of products where the same keyword could be applied so many different places, so many different products. The question is, where do you put that keyword? Today, we are finally going to record the episode that we can send people every time this question is asked. So whether you are listening to this for the first time organically, you just listen to our episodes, you're checking this out, or someone on Team Badger has sent you this podcast. Welcome. Today, we will dispel, 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 dispel. We will also dispel. We will dispel it and dispel all the myths, answer the questions that people have. Stephen, how many times do you think you've been asked this question? About lawnmowers specifically, quite a lot. Lawnmowers are a massive <laughs> industry right now. 
completely blowing up. We like to put a lot of content. Such a hot space. Yes. If you're not selling lawnmowers, you are you are poor. You are poor <laughs> if you're not selling lawnmowers right now. I'm just, That's just kidding. Right. You're going to have an uphill battle. Yeah. No, I'm totally kidding. Uh, no, the, we're using lawnmowers as, as an example. It's aside from running shoes and jump ropes, lawnmowers is our third most favorite uh, uh, like keyword slash product to use as a, an example. But yeah, the question has, has, largely, has largely been, hey, I've got multiple products that all are bidding on the same keyword. Like, this, like the, one keyword is relevant for all of them. So you have a lot of different variations of lawnmowers, lots of different styles, sizes, engine sizes, or however mm-hmm. you measure lawnmowers. I'm not familiar with the industry. And the question is like, hey... The, the the search term lawnmower is relevant to all of them. Should all my campaigns for each of these products be bidding on the same keyword lawnmower? Or am, am I hurting myself? And there's a number of fears that can come up with that. Um, keyword cannibalization, rising CPCs, those types of things. So yeah, Mike, you had the you had the great idea of let's just address this whole topic because it's such a frequently asked question. Let's just address it all in a podcast episode, which will later be turned into a blog post. To which we can refer uh, future, future you know questions to, for help. Yes. So this one I was totally inspired by having conversations with people uh, this past week. I knew instantly what we should be talking about. So let's answer this question. If you have multiple products that can apply to the same keyword, where should you put that keyword? The answer, everywhere. And there's a lot of, uh, there's that big asterisk there. So if you are selling 15 different lawnmowers, should you put the word lawnmower in all the ad groups that these lawnmower is in? The answer is probably yes. And I think this is a, you know, this is a really simple example. If you make a search on Amazon and you ever see the same company in multiple ad spots, that has answered your question. Because uh, Amazon won't put the same product multiple times in the search result, but it will certainly put ads from the same company in multiple spots with different products. So that is the quick answer to this question. That's as simple as that. I mean, it took it took us one search to find the find an example of this. I mean, we, we do this inside the campaigns that we manage. Yeah. So people will sometimes think, you know, if all my all my products are all bidding on the same keyword is only one of them gonna appear for that keyword. So say you've got 15 lawnmowers, 15 separate campaigns, they're all bidding on the keyword lawnmower exact match. Does that mean only one of them can actually win that search? The answer is no, they can all win it. Amazon is very strict, one ASIN ad per search page. So that's to prevent, cause like, just think about it. Here's what you have to keep in mind whenever you're thinking about like how Amazon works, you have to understand their primary goal is the customer. like. You probably already know this as a seller and an advertiser. Amazon does not care about you, okay? Like, they don't really care about their sellers. However, they will bend over backwards to make sure the one-time buying customer is taken care of as if they're a celebrity. So they will do whatever they can in terms of customer service, but also just in terms of, you know, the shopping experience. Think about how what a terrible experience it would be if, you know, you typed in lawnmower and the top five ads were all the exact same product, all saying sponsored because there were five separate campaigns for this one product, five different keywords for this product, like, or 
I mean, in those campaigns, um, it's like that's just going to look like a spammy type thing. So they're they're never going to allow that to happen. So no, you can't have the same product advertised twice on one Amazon search page. You can have your product ad and your organic listing at the same time. That's like the the only real exception there because one is sponsored, one is not. So you, you can have up to two products on one like two appearances, I should say, of the same product on an Amazon web page. But you can have multiple products as long as they're in separate ad groups on the search page at once. Why separate ad groups? Because the nature of an ad group is you pick your products in the ad group and you pick your keywords in the ad group. And Amazon's saying, hey, in any given search, if one of the selected keywords qualifies, then one of the selected product ads will show. But say you have 10 product ads in one ad group, only one of those uh, products is going to be shown for the keyword on a search. That's one of the reasons why we are strong components of the SPAGs, single product ad groups strategy, just to get more visibility. So if your products are split up into separate ad groups, and if they all share the same keywords, they can get multiple appearances. So definitely a lot more to be said there. Uh, as w- and like, there's definitely some nuances, so that will all be fleshed out in this episode. Yeah, you know, nuance is the key word there. Uh, I was just speaking with someone, very successful Google Ads advertiser. Um, they were are starting to trans- transition their customers from only being Google Ads customers, throwing them on Amazon now too. Uh, one of the biggest hurdles for him to understand was the nuance of campaign structure on Amazon because it is a sort of unique phenomenon uh, on Amazon, you know, setting up single product ad groups, single product campaigns, things of that nature uh, are, are quite unique here. It doesn't really have a comparable uh, parallel on Google ads or Facebook ads. So there's loads of common questions that we also get when this question is asked, which I, I think the first one is, you know, am I going to be competing with myself? Like if I'm bidding $1 on lawnmower A, and then I'm bidding $1 on lawnmower B, will eventually one of these have to be like, well, one needs to be at 105, the other one needs to be at one. And then like, am I just going to keep like marching my way up? If I have like 100 lawnmowers, I'm all of a sudden, like all of my bids going to be at three, four or $5 because I'm just going to continuously be driving these up. This is a very common question. All right. This is going to get a little bit more complicated than we originally bargained for. I'm just going to go down this this rabbit hole. We did a previous episode on like what CPCs actually are, and let me just let me just lay it out for you. Your CPC isn't just how much you're willing to bid; it's also how much is your competitor bidding as well. Because if you're bidding ten, but the next closest competitor is only bidding one dollar, then Amazon will only charge you a dollar a one. They're not going to charge you the full ten, so they're only going to charge you one penny more than your competitor. But they will also either charge you a premium on your your total CPC or give you a discount on that total CPC based on that product's um, performance. So let's put it this way. Okay. And I have seen this firsthand dozens and dozens of times, which is why I know this is accurate. Let's say you have one lawnmower that is a bestseller. You have the Amazon's choice badge for lawnmower. You are killing it 
your number one topped clicked ASIN in, in brand analytics, you have the, the most conversion share, you know, sales through the roof. And then you just launched a new brand, uh, a, a, a brand new lawnmower. No, no reviews, nothing. If you bid $10 on both of those for the keyword lawnmower, if they both win top of search, even if you're the only person bidding, okay, let's just say, or yeah, or not the only person, let's, let's just say your competition's bidding 50 cents and you're bidding $10 on both, Amazon might charge your top seller 51 cents and your brand new product $10. They might charge you the full amount because it does because that was how much you were willing to spend uh, and that was your bid. And so, so Amazon definitely factors in a lot of other items there. So that's an important thing to keep in mind. But you, you are not bidding up your own CPCs. Amazon kind of has a pre-calculated, you know, how much does this product need to pay on a CPC basis for that top spot, given its history, given its longevity, its reviews, its, its BSR, and then also how much is the competitor, the, the, the next best seller, next top bidder, you know, bidding. So all of those things are being factored into the equation to figure out ultimately what your CPC is. But the fact that you were bidding $10 on your best seller did not drive up the CPCs on your second. So that's the, that's the most important takeaway that I'm, I'm trying to get at here. You yourself cannot bid yourself up, but your competitors can. So Amazon, if you start raising your own CPCs and you're the only one raising CPCs, your CPCs will not go up unless if your competing brands, you know, competing sellers start raising their bids, then your CPCs will start to rise. But you also have to just factor in your actual products because you might be... be you might be um, charged a premium by Amazon for newer products or products that are less relevant. Right. This gets into the fact that, you know, cost per click advertising is an auction, but it is a special type of auction, meaning the platform gets to set their own rules for it. Because, I mean, if it was just a pure auction, you know, everyone should just be colluding with their competitors and like, Hey, let's just bid like under 10 cents all the time and like never go over 10 cent bids. And like, we'll all have like way cheaper things. We'll all win out in the end. Let, uh, let me jump in real quick, just to add to that. You know, imagine there's an, there's a certain keyword that's super cheap. Like for example, like book titles tend to be a little bit cheaper because Kindle items sell for like three, five bucks. So Kindle keywords tend to be like 30 cents or whatever. If you're selling a Christmas tree, for like $5,000 and you just bid $10 on like a book author's keyword. Even with a $10 bid, you're probably not going to win that auction. You would probably have to spend $20 because Amazon sees you as so irrelevant that they're going to charge you massive CPCs. So yes, it is an auction, but at the end, but at the end of the day, like there is definitely more rules that like we have to play by in this game. So back to you. Yeah, it's your bid multiplied by a whole bunch of other factors that get, that's like the black box of Amazon. It's incredibly unfortunate that we don't have all the insight into exactly how that black box works, but we're sort of getting at the, the main crux of it that you're not driving up your own CPCs. So really the question becomes, well, how do you optimize each keyword 
if you have that same keyword all over the place. And really it's just you optimize each keyword based off its own performance. So certain products are gonna have higher, better conversion rates of yours than other ones. So you will want to bid appropriately for those. So your higher converting products that can are converting really well, then yes, they, they will ideally have a better position, more visibility, because they convert higher. Uh, so if you're selling, you know, funny t-shirts and the word funny t-shirts can apply to everything and who knows, like maybe it's election season. So you, you know, certain political funny t-shirts are doing so much better. It's a business level decision to determine how much inventory you want to move for that particular keyword. So all of a sudden you now have another lever in your company to start sort of shaping your traffic a certain way. You could bid a little bit more aggressively if certain things are rising in conversion rates. You could bid a little bit differently if things are falling in conversion rates. So that's generally how you know I would recommend approaching those things. You now have another lever where you can control inventory. And PPC is all about finding these levers that you can pull on and push on, buttons to press to control the output. And wielding this is an opportunity to do that. So you can actually control, you know, this happens all the time. People need to move certain types of inventory. You may want to lower bids in, in a certain spot, or you may want to increase them in another spot to ideally try to push and control your component of the ad ranking system, which is your bid. And then of course, all the other systems, all the other things are inside that Amazon black box. Um, so this is another opportunity for you to go into and, and sort of see your campaigns and see your keyword optimization in a new light now as this sort of like new door opens for you. So to sort of conclude that, you can actually, you know, if you were selling 15 lawnmowers, it's possible that you may only put the word lawnmower on 10 of them uh, because, you know, five of them, they're just not selling very well. You want to sort of keep them in the background uh, so you don't want your main ones to go on uh, that. You don't want these to go for your top money keyword. One other question to variations. So let's say you're selling, you know, running shoes and you sell men's running shoes and women's running shoes. When somebody just searches running, searches running shoes, it hasn't been specified if they're looking for men's or women's. This example does, I had to switch back to running shoes because there's no one's typing in lawnmowers for men, lawnmowers for women. Maybe this is a big business opportunity. I am, yeah. Yes. I only search lawnmowers for women. Yes, this is the next big niche. You know, if you're selling lawnmowers, you have sit-down lawnmowers and you have push lawnmowers. Should you be displaying both of these sort of wildly different variations that are, you know, we don't know the true intent of people that are searching it. Are they looking for men's running shoes, women's running shoes? Are they looking for sit-down lawnmowers or push lawnmowers? Which do you decide to push? Uh how would you approach that, Stephen? So I am thinking through a specific circumstance that doesn't probably apply to all situations, but, you know, say you've got just, you know, one insanely competitive keyword. Let's just, you know, stick with lawnmowers. Let's just say that one keyword is so competitive. CPCs are crazy. Everyone's bidding on it. And for you to really win that with so much competition, what I've tended to do is look at which product tends to have the highest click-through rate and, and, and pick that one product as 
basically my lead and you know run a single keyword campaign for that however that also kind of uh i'm assuming there that when you click through to that product you can pick three different variations different sizes different colors whatever because they're all like you know child asins of your parent asin if they're all completely just completely separate products then i would i would just advertise all of them so if people have the option of switching to another product then I would just pick the one with the best click-through rate and just advertise that one. But if they're all different pages and here's where like, you know, maybe lawnmowers. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's still fine. I, I could think of a few different examples of, of current clients where lawnmowers, you know, we, we could have a keyword that's a little bit more vague than even that. And for, for those cases, um, the products have to be separate products. Like, because for one of the examples, one's looking for a watch and the other's looking for a necklace, you know? So you're going to want to, th- those items aren't going to be sharing the same like parent variation because they're like two completely separate products. So in those cases, I would advertise them separately for the same keyword. But if they are, you know, child variations, then I would just go with the best product with the highest click-through rate as my lead and then let people switch to another one of my products after they've clicked through. I would do exactly the same. So we have hopefully answered that question. Now there's more to this episode, but we've essentially answered that question. If you sell so many products and the same keyword can apply to all of them, hopefully by now you now understand how this works. So that's awesome. But there's a lot more to this story and it brings up the word cannibalization, a word that I typed in our podcast notes at least 10 times, spelling it slightly different every single time. That is up next. So let's get into the word. And I guess the way it's typed in our notes is cannibalization. Cannibalization. It's a tough word. It's kind of like misspelling the word misspelled a couple episodes ago. Um, You know, a couple of these words just take you for a spin. So keyword cannibalization. This is a, a concept that... Uh, I actually learned from from you, Michael, when I you know first started working at AdBadger. You were the one who introduced me to this concept, largely coming from an SEO background. So, so you were speaking of it uh, like in terms of trying to rank on Google organically and that kind of keyword cannibalization. Which you know you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it basically seemed like with Google, which like Google tends to prefer the blog post if we're using blog posts the so google will rank the blog post that has you know more total traffic more click volume things like that and if you have two different blog posts kind of competing for that they're both hurting each other because you have two different blog posts they both are focused on the same keyword and because it like you know the higher you rank exponentially the more clicks you get that like but they're slowing each other down by both basically tying for sixth and eighth place on the search page. Whereas if you would just kill one of them and let the other one take all that traffic, it could easily climb to ranks one through three. Is that accurate in an SEO perspective? Right. So if you were to Google keyword cannibalization, you'd find almost everything related to Google SEO uh, because the first spot, like the drop off from position one to position 10 is so stark on Google if you have like two posts on position six and eight, you'd be better off having one in position two 
most of the time. Um, um, I'm going to jump in and interrupt with a real life example. Um, with Ad Badger, we talk about ACOS a ton, and we have a lot of blog posts that talk about ACOS, but we only have one that's really only about ACOS. So one of the things that we worked on doing was basically taking like our other eight to 10 posts that all like mention ACOS and kind of putting them more in the background and having them link to our main post about ACOS to make sure that one actually gets to the top of the search page. So that's, that's kind of just a real life example coming from us with, with where this kind of comes into play. Right. Um, now on Amazon, we don't truly know the, the click-through rate of every single thing on there. Beyond that, the, the whole concept of keyword cannibalization and cannibalization in general is going to mean different things to different people as soon as we leave the world of Google SEO. Because uh, when we, you know, it comes up in sort of certain circles for Amazon advertising, the whole concept of cannibalization, uh, it means different things to different people. Personally, I think it means anything like you're doing one thing and then you do another thing and it hurts your net results. So that's how I sort of view it. Like you've done something that's now eating both of your results and you'd be better off only doing one of those activities as opposed to two of them. So the, the reason it came up here is because, well, you have one keyword in one campaign with one product and then you have it also somewhere else with another one are you actually hurting yourself? Like, could you potentially be better off if you only had that one keyword in one spot, really amplifying it? And I think already we have answered, you know, no, you would not be better off because you can appear with multiple products on an Amazon search result page. And you, and you sort of have a different definition of cannibalization. Yeah, when I have been talking about this with with customers and thinking through it the way that i've kind of been using the phrase keyword cannibalization would be um, more in terms of ppc data so let's just say you have one lawnmower and you have one campaign with just exact match keywords for that lawnmower another with a phrase another with broad another with a uh that's auto auto campaign targeting um so you got that same product in a few different campaigns and let's just say you have the, the keyword lawnmower in your exact, your phrase, your broad, and it's not negated from your auto and it's not negated from anything else. So now if someone types in lawnmower, you have four different campaigns for that one product that, that are in a sense competing to display that ad. They're not, they're not competing in terms of like, you're not bidding up your own CPCs by doing that, but ultimately only one of those campaigns is going to display, right? Because Amazon's not going to display four product ads of the same product for that, for that one search term. So only one of those is going to go is, is going to win out. So it might be, you know, whichever one was the most competitive in bids again, not because you're bidding yourself up, but let's just say your exact match keyword was 75 cents and your broad match was a dollar and your competitor was bidding 99 cents. Well, because your broad match was bidding more than your competitor, you win the top, the top spot for a dollar. So you didn't, necessarily outbid your exact match keyword you were just bidding a what i would call a qualifying amount for the top spot the whole point here though is if they're all bidding the same ultimately the you're for all of the searches that are specifically lawnmower you are splitting up all of that impression that click data across four different campaigns depending on which one happens to be winning it at the time, based on the bids, based on your placement settings, based on all these things. 
And ultimately, you know, your exact match keyword, maybe at the end of all this, only has like 10 clicks on it after 30 days because the rest of the clicks were being picked up by your phrase, your broad, your auto. So the question is like, you know, how do you really optimize? Like, how do you really know how to, how this, how this specific search term performs for you when that data is spread across four campaigns and you can't just jump into your auto campaign and optimize your bids specifically for this one search term because your auto campaign is picking up thousands of search terms. So for me, keyword cannibalization is, is that exact situation in which if you added the keyword lawnmower as a negative exact to the phrase, to the broad ad groups and to your auto campaign, you are now isolating your exact match keyword to absorb all of that data. And so now you have, you know, thousands of clicks on this keyword and now you can actually optimize those bids, optimize those placement settings. And I think that makes sense. It makes sense to me, but uh, maybe, maybe not, maybe it didn't come out of my mouth as, as making as much sense as it did in my head. Right. The challenge brain, brain to mouth communication. No, I think that's absolutely, absolutely valid. You know, data dilution. Uh, this is where we talk about, you know, you know, this is a slight variation of this question of, is like, should you have the same keyword with different match types in multiple spots, you know, in line with the whole sort of search term graduation, you know, keyword isolation, whatever it might be. Generally, you want to know as best as possible what's triggering your ads. And if you have a broad match keyword, it's potentially dozens or hundreds of different searches that are triggering that ad. Uh, so if you have a broad match, lawnmower and an exact match lawnmower somewhere else, there will be times where the broad match lawnmower triggers for the word lawnmower and there will be times when it does not. Quick way to fix that negative exact, the word lawnmower inside that broad match ad group. Pretty straightforward there. So the whole concept of what you don't want to do is you don't want to, you know, people will often write in and say, hey, my broad match is getting it's more expensive than my exact, or it's less expensive than my exact, or it's converting better, or it's converting worse. And they don't have that exact match setup configured, meaning they haven't negative exacted the keyword inside the broad match ad group. You cannot trust your data. You cannot compare your broad match and your exact match or your phrase match if you have not negated the exact version of it in the broad and the phrase. So that's a key component in sort of studying the data. Um, so that's one sort of like variation or thing that might come up when people are considering, you know, where do I put my keywords inside my account? Yeah. And to add to that, what other people I think think of when, at least when they write in talking about keyword cannibalization is an idea where you have multiple products bidding on the same keyword. So we were talking just now specifically about the same product bidding on the same keyword, but just like, you know, you could also have like the same keyword um, as an, you could, you could also have one, one product, one keyword lawnmower, but that one keyword exact match in multiple campaigns. And that would create the same problem that, that data dilution keyword cannibalization. So, you know, that's kind of how I think of that. But a lot of people write in and they're speaking more specifically to having multiple products bidding on the same keyword. So having multiple lawnmowers and they're in separate campaigns and they're all bidding on the keyword lawnmower and they write in and they go, hey, is this okay? 
and I'm running into problems there. And one of the questions there is about that, that cost per click increase, which we, we already dis, uh, discussed. The second concern is that um, I, I think there's a, a common, I want to say a misconception. So they tend to think that Amazon will prefer the product with the most clicks or the you know highest revenue or the, the highest click-through rate, whatever, whatever the metric may be that people are optimizing for. They think that Amazon is intentionally going to just pick the product with their own best metric that, they, that they're aiming for. And so if they have two of their own products that are now you know either splitting the clicks or splitting the revenue for this keyword, that both products are going to be hurt as a result of that. And, you know, just to kind of give you a quick example, you know, let's just say, let's just say you have two products on a certain keyword. They're both averaging a thousand dollars per, or sorry, uh, a thousand clicks um, per month or week or whatever. And you think, you know, I think I could get, you know, a better click through rate on one product if I, if I pause the other one, uh, the other product or pause the keyword for the other campaign. And so you try that. Well, now you might, you know, have boosted your other product and now you're up to 1500 clicks, but I don't think you're going to surpass the 2000 that cumulatively you were getting across those two products. And here's why. So if all of your products are on the, are on the SERP, the search engine results page, technically, yes, they are all competing against each other for clicks and therefore pulling down each other's total possible clicks. So let's say you have four lawnmowers and they're all at the top of the search and they're all bidding for lawnmower and they're all at the top of that search page. And let's say they're all getting a thousand clicks each. Yes, technically your one product, if you focus on just one product, it could get more than a thousand clicks. But when you pause those other ads, you now are opening up the spot to three other competitors taking, taking over those ad placements. And so now maybe your other product got 1500 clicks, but then the other, you know, 2,500 clicks went to, did I do that math right? Yeah, that's right. Went to competitors. So that being said, yes, if you tried to consolidate, you could possibly have a higher CTR on that one product, but you're probably not going to get a total higher level of cumulative clicks on those ads. So even though your products are technically competing with each other for clicks, what you have to really keep in mind is it's not about one of your products versus another one of your products. It's really about your brand versus a competing brand. So even though your four lawnmowers may all be kind of, you know, splitting up those clicks amongst themselves, at the end of the day, if you have all of your products on that search page, your brand as an entity is now two times, three times, or even four times as competitive against another brand for getting those clicks. So if you'd rather have that 2x, 3x, 4x multiplication of your brand on that one search page, or you could consolidate that and, and get like one and a half x on one product. Um, so, so that's the thing. So, so kind of, at least for me, summarizing this this last thought is there is a difference between keyword cannibalization and keyword multiplication so keyword cannibalization is when it's hurting yourself because 
you have the same product or the same keyword in multiple campaigns that's ultimately like hurting the performance of each campaign because it's the same product with the same keyword. If you have that same keyword and you're using that for multiple products that it's relevant to all of those products, ultimately what you're doing is expanding how many products display on those searches, uh, how many total clicks you're getting for that search for, for those searches and your total reach, your total impression share is going up, right? Like if someone types in lawnmowers, would you rather display one product or would you rather display 10 products across the top, the rest and on product pages? Right. I would rather have 10 products there. Mm-hmm. Right. Would you rather have the world's strongest biceps, but every other muscle group can only lift two pounds or would you rather be well-rounded and own, you know, have a, have a great physical fitness level? Yes. That, that's a great analogy. And maybe even just like the world's best one bicep. Exactly, right? By one bicep, I, I mean one arm because for any anatomy people, I know a bicep is technically oh two my muscles in one bicep. I just, wanna, I just wanted to I, defend myself. Nobody's right accusing there. you of anything. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, I, there's, there's a, I imagine there's a lot of people like you've heard of, like people that go around correcting people's grammar. I don't know if people are running around correcting people's uh, <laughs> bicep. Dude, there's someone out there. Hey, leave a comment below <laughs> on, on our YouTube if you if you would have corrected do me. Do you get mad when people refer to the tricep as only one muscle when it's actually three? Comment below. Um, no, in, I get livid. Yes. Uh, so I hope, dear listener, we have saved you mountains of agony because this is a really agonizing question the whole concept of campaign structure where to put things what should i be doing the answer is simple if you sell a hundred funny shirts the keyword funny shirts can go in multiple spots Uh, it can go everywhere and you'll be okay you can pick and choose where you want to strategically put it to maybe drive different levels of traffic to different places you can do it you can also appear in the whole top row of sponsored products, which is really a wonderful goal to seek. Uh, and of course, there's lots of factors that contribute to how Amazon ranks products. Uh, it is your cost per click multiplied by some other cornucopia of factors. Uh, you know, we can guess at what they are. Uh, you know, conversion rate, BSR, all these different components of how Amazon just generally ranks products. Um, but it is definitely in combination of your cost per click. And with that, hopefully we have made your PPC management a little bit easier. De-stressed you a little bit. Uh, we'll be talking about this in comments, YouTube comments. Or yes, or you might have just confused the frick out of people because that was a bit of a complicated answer. Um, <laughs> kind of a long answer. But that's why we made this episode too. Because, you know, when people were writing in, you know, we were finding ourselves writing paragraphs trying to explain keyword cannibalization versus maximum reach and impression share and click share and all that stuff. So, right. There's, uh, have, you, have you seen this trend online? It's called uh, "Saved You a Click," where it's like someone will post a a an article on some social media site, and it'll be something like, "Does this politician believe that?" And then it's like, the first comment is like, saved you a click. No. I'm <laughs> like, saved you a click. Yes. I like that. So like to save you, yes. So when we present and share this post with people, we will say, should you bid on it in multiple places? Yes. If you'd like more info, listen to this episode. And if you would like more info, 
the PPC Den podcast will be back next week, same time, same place. Arrivederci. Adios. Peace. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to the PPC Den podcast. Our goal of every episode is to give you guys actionable information so you can go right to your computer and start optimizing with the new skills you've learned. Be sure to subscribe because we'll be back next Wednesday with more great PPC skills for you. And you can always head over to adbedger.com slash podcast for all of our show notes and bonus content that we've made exclusively for our listeners. If you guys are finding these podcasts to be valuable for you and your business, you can help us continue making them by dropping us a review on Apple Podcasts. All right, Badger, are you ready to go back to camp and rest up for tomorrow? What a good boy.